You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Jimmy Stein on the Locked on Bama player roster countdown, getting so excited as we're approaching number one, which is Kool-Aid McKinstry, which is maybe my favorite kid on the whole team. So that'll be fun. I'll probably, I'm supposed to keep these to about four or five minutes. I'll probably talk about Kool-Aid for an hour. But anyway, y'all will be interested because today, uh, as we reach 17, uh, we got a quarterback, Paul Tyson. Hey, y'all might not be aware of this, but Paul Tyson is the grandson, the great-grandson of Paul Bear Bryant. Did y'all know this? Had had y'all heard this? Are y'all aware? Well, it's a joke because no conversation regarding Paul Tyson uh, does not include the fact that he's related to uh, Coach, Coach Bear Bryant. And, uh, you know, I, while I'm sure that's a blessing, because how cool would it be, you know, to be that kid that's like, yeah, yeah, Coach Bryant's like my great-grandfather. That's cool. Uh, but at the same time, it's also a little bit like a burden, like, hey, you know, I'm a pretty good quarterback, and even if my last name was uh, was Potter and, and, and I'm like Harry Potter's cousin, uh, you know, I would still be at Alabama because I'm pretty good. And that's true. Uh, Paul Tyson is a good player. Uh, I liked his tape out of high school quite a bit. Um, here's the kid I compare him to. I'm big on player comps, and I know when I when I do player comps, I'll always get a comment about how I'm wrong or someone has a different take, and that's fine. I, I like reading different takes. I've read a couple. Frankly, I've made some player comps, and someone else said, no, he reminds me of this guy, and it's changed my mind. So I think the best evaluators are the best talent, you know, people, you have to keep an open mind and realize that, that, that you could be wrong and that someone else is going to be right. Uh, so yeah, so I don't mind when people comment and say, Hey, I don't, I don't like that, that, that comparison, but I like this other one and cool. So I encourage y'all to do that when y'all disagree and have, have a thought of your own, please, uh, you know, on Twitter, just let me know like, Hey, I don't like that one, but, but to me, he reminds me of this other dude. But, uh, but my comp with uh, Paul Tyson has always been Jake Coker, and I say that for a few reasons. Uh, Paul's a big, strong kid. He is a pocket passer. He is pretty decent off-platform off and a good athlete, and we all know Coker was a good athlete. He was a freaking heck of a basketball player um, in high school, which means you know, this is a kid with ball skills and, and, and is really athletic. But so much of the time, we judge athleticism solely on a 40 time, which is wrong. It's, it's wrong-headed to, to do that. But Paul Tyson, athletically, I think is similar to Jake. He's big and strong like Jake. He has a, a pretty good delivery and puts a lot of velo on the ball. And he, he played at a big winning high school program. And let's be honest about Coker. When Coker was a fifth-year senior, he developed into one of the better quarterbacks in the United States. He really did. He, he became a pretty big deal. 
Now, people were hoping in year two or year three that he would be a big deal, and that didn't happen. He had some people ahead of him at Florida State. He gets to Alabama. It's thought he would be an immediate starter. It didn't happen. He didn't beat out Blake Sims. Blake ended up beating out Jake, and and, and in retrospect, we look back and we're like, that worked out pretty good for Alabama because Blake, Blake was really good in 2014, and then Jake was good in 2015. I think with Jake, it took some time, it, and and he would he would tell you now, hey, when I was a freshman or a redshirt freshman, you know, I probably wasn't ready to be the quarterback, you know, at Alabama or Florida State. I had some some developing still to do, and, and then by the time Jake put it all together, he was great. I say this all the time; it's crazy and, it, and it's irrelevant to anything because people don't usually get six years to play. But y'all think about this: had had Jake been a junior in twenty fifteen? after he did what he did in the playoffs, after he destroyed Michigan State and then beat Clemson, if Jake had another year of eligibility, he would have gone into 2016 as a Heisman favorite. I mean, Jake would have been on the short list of, of guys that, 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 that could have won the Heisman. So I say that to say it took a while for Jake, but when Jake got there, he was really good. And I see the same kind of kid in Paul Tyson. What, what I hope for Paul is, much like the Coker situation, my hope for Paul is that he sticks with it. He stays at Alabama. He works and gets better, works and gets better, improves and focuses on the improving part and not, and not the impatience, which, which, is, which is common for kids that age. I get it. And particularly the people around him who are like, you know, you'd be starting at, at Kentucky, you know, but improve, improve, improve and wait for an opportunity did Mac Jones think he was going to be the starting quarterback at Alabama in 2019? No, but he made himself ready. And when Tua went down, Mac was ready. And I think that helped springboard him into 2020. So with Paul, improve, improve, work on that. Your time may come. And down the road, I think the kid could be really good. I, I, I've seen enough from him on tape. And frankly, in practices uh, when I've been able to watch, I, I think this kid has some upside and can be really good. I think for Paul to be good, he's got to have total command of the offense and know what he's seeing on the other side of the line of scrimmage and make decisions based on wisdom and experience and maturity. I think when he's got all of those things, Paul can be really helpful. And and frankly, getting back to how we started this, how fun would it be for Alabama to have a big season with Coach Bryant's great-grandson being the quarterback? That would be fun for all of us who grew up uh, with Coach Bryant or, you know, I was only 12 when, when Coach Bryant died. But it, it would it would be really cool to me to, to have such a direct lineage to Coach Bryant leading Alabama. So I hope it works out for the kid, and I think he's good. And I think as a, a fan base, don't lose. I, I know it's fun to be excited about Bryce, and, hey, I brag about Jalen Milrow. You just wait until a few days from now when we do the Milrow thing. I'm going to go on and on about Milrow. Like I'm talking about, uh, you know, who can I talk about for an hour? Uh, Freddie Freeman or, uh, or Ariana Grande. Um, so, so listen to, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll go on and on about Milrow and, and about Bryce when we get down to number nine. But uh, that doesn't mean 
that I don't think Paul can be a really good quarterback and he might really help us. It just might be year four or year five. So I hope he sticks with us. And uh, thank you for sticking with our podcast. Uh, Sometimes we have some technical issues and and sometimes, hey, in the middle of the summer, it's hard for us to entertain everybody because, uh, you know, it's the dead season. But uh, thank you for to all of you who listen to me and Luke. Uh, It means a lot to both of us uh, that people care about what we have to say. And, uh, and when we don't take it uh, lightly and any comments, uh, just tweet at us and say, Hey, we want to hear about this or that, or, or, uh, Hey, can y'all talk about this? Uh, we'll see it. And, uh, and trust me, we'll, we'll get to it. So thanks for listening to the player roster countdown. Roll Tide. Hey, it's Jimmy Stein and locked on Bama player roster countdown. And we have another 17 because these kids insist on double numbers for some reason, that uh, I don't agree with, but they don't ask me for my opinion before they get their double number. They just do it anyway. So we have another 17. We had recently talked about Paul Tyson. Now let's talk about a Jai Hall and a lot to talk about there because he really burst onto the Alabama scene on A-Day is sort of the story of A-Day really. And uh, a Jai was um, a big time recruit. I mean, this is a national top 100 player, which makes you super elite. He spent some time at IMG, so he knows what it's like to practice and play against elite competition. This is a big kid with a heck of a catch radius, um, with great hands. I would say, you know, it's funny that that we, we, we hear possession receiver and we have some sort of negative connotation. I guess that's because every fan wants every receiver to be like Devontae Smith. But but really, that that's so, as, as we know... Not not realistic. You you actually need a core of receivers who all do different things, right? And uh, possession is a big part of football. You know, it's when it's third and seven, and you got to make a first down. Somebody like a Jai Hall is incredibly valuable. I mean, a big receiver with a big catch radius. I, I would call him more of a possession guy than a big play guy. Now, a day sort of you know proves that wrong a little bit, and we'll talk about that, but. But really, what I'm talking about is a primary tool. What what does a Jai really bring to the table? I would say first and foremost, he brings a frame and long arms and great hands and that catch radius. And that, to me, makes him a possession receiver first and foremost, which is great and valuable and needed. Now, does that mean he can't go downfield and make a play or score a 45-yard touchdown or even make someone miss you know, after a catch? No, no. I mean, he's capable of doing all those things. He showed you guys, you know, an A-Day that he can do those things. Uh, there's literally not much he can't do. Uh, but, you know, he's not a 4-3 guy, not a 4-4 guy. He's not going to – you're not going to throw a bubble screen to him and he houses it from 80 yards. That That's not who he is. But that's okay. We got other dudes that can do that sort of thing and those guys, like, hey, I'll just pick a name, JoJo Earl. I think, I think down the road, he's a guy that's going to be capable of doing those type of things, you know, housing a bubble screen from 80 yards away. But JoJo Earl is probably not going to prove to be your go-to guy on third and seven when you've got to get past the sticks, make sure you catch the ball, and maintain possession. So, that's, that's why you have a wide receiver core. That's why three or four guys are always on the field at that position. 
because most of them are bringing something a little different to the table in terms of what they do best. And, and I, I think Ajay will prove to be his best on third and seven or in the red zone, maybe catching balls in the end zone. And again, it gets to that size, his great hands. He uses his big body uh, like a rebounder. That, that's what the best possession receivers do. They, they, they use their body to create position and leverage and they can make a play over usually smaller defensive backs. So that's what we'll see out of a Jai. Now, A-Day, first compliments. Hey, A-Day's a big, A-Day is our biggest game of the whole year that's not played during the season, right? I know that sounds crazy, but think about that. I mean, it's a, it's a near full stadium. It's on ESPN. I mean, this is a damn dress rehearsal, right? And when you perform well, at A-Day, that is a great sign. Uh, it means the stage is not too big for you, and you're ready to show out. And I, I think A-Day, the fact that Ajay uh, showed up big on A-Day and, and basically proved to be a real difference maker in terms of who won the game or or who made the most plays, uh, that's a great sign. So I'm on board on the train, the Ajay train that was sort of built on 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 his a day performance, I'm sort of on board there, but let's also okay, let's also apply these breaks. It's not what you do on the field, it's who you do it against. Mark Ingram and Derek Henry did not and and Devonte did not win the Heisman trophy because they had big games against crappy competition. They won the Heisman trophy because on the biggest stages against the best players. They had big games while the world was watching. The world was watching, and they did something big time. Well, I say that to say, you know, Ajay was a second-team player, you know, on A-Day, which means all the plays he was making was against the second team. Um, he did not whip Josh Job or Malachi or even Jalen Armour Davis, you know, when he was out there. Ajay was beaten up on the second team guys, the backup players. So that's what I mean by let's hit the brakes. Let's not assume too much. I've seen some posts, some tweets, some opinions since A-Day that Ajay Hall proved on A-Day that he was going to be a first team guy and be a total badass this fall because of what he did on A-Day. I, I would hit the brakes a little bit on that by saying, well, he beat up on the second team guys, the backups and the freshmen, and that's not who's going to be on the field when you play F Miami in week one or Florida in week three or down the road against LSU and Auburn. You know, their first team guys are going to be out there. So, so, so let's, let's be optimistic and let's see that this kid is clearly going to be a dude. He's clearly going to help us. He's going, going to be a significant player for Alabama going forward. But let's tap the brakes a little bit on what he did on A-Day. Uh, impressive, yes. Reason for excitement, yes. Proof that he's going to Godzilla stomp his way through the SEC this season, uh, not so fast, as, uh, as Lee Corso says. So a uh, lot to be excited about. Uh, I like Ajay. The minute he committed, I was really excited. We just ended up with some really good receivers in his class, Ja'Cory Brooks, JoJo Earl. Uh, Christian Leary, I'm excited about the whole group. 
the fact that Ajay was the standout on A Day is exciting because I know those other guys are good too. So thanks for listening to the player roster countdown on Locked On Bama. Jimmy Stein back on Locked On Bama player roster countdown down to 16 and Will Reichard. Have a lot to say. All great things, of course. You know, we we probably overplayed the Alabama has a terrible kicker thing going back a while. I mean, for one thing, Lee Tiffin, who did kick for Coach Saban in 2009, was a first-team All-American. I mean, Lee Tiffin was really, really good. As a matter of fact, I saw a stat once, and we'll go back and look at this. Lee Tiffin's one of the most accurate kickers in NCAA football history. And his numbers dwarf his famous dads. And so Lee Tiffin was, like, ridiculously good. And he was gone after 09, I think it was. So 2010, uh, you know, we had a new kicker. And we, you can say from 2010 to 2020, that I, I guess that's – or 2010 to 2019, that 10-year that stretch. I know a lot of Alabama fans think, you know, our kicking was horrible during that time. Um, in some – it wasn't great. It wasn't great. I'm not sitting here saying you, you guys are crazy. We were great. I, I think the joke kind of got bigger than the actual situation, I guess what I'm saying, um, because we did have some some pretty good kickers, you know, through through that era, including Jeremy Shelley, who I, I know only kicked the short kicks. But, heck, that's like saying, oh, he only makes the short putts. Hey, you go to Augusta and try to make 103 footers in a row. I mean, just because they're short. I mean, you know, Jeremy Shelley was good at what he did at Alabama, was a big part of the 2011 National Championship. And Adam Griffith made some really big kicks when he was at Alabama over the course of his career and was one of our best kickoff guys in history, including some unbelievable uh, onside kicks that helped us win games. So that let's put that aside and let's now revel in the fact that after those 10 seasons – of a lot of jokes and, and and some pain and some missed kicks that, that made a big difference. Uh, we got a good kicker. Uh, he's really good. He proved it already. It, it, it's not a situation where we're hoping this fall that Will Reichert is good. He has already conclusively proven that he is a great field goal kicker. Uh, he did not miss a single kick last year. Now, we were scoring touchdowns. It wasn't like he was 40 for 40 because Alabama was putting the ball in the end zone and we weren't always depending on Will, but he made all of his kicks, and some of them were big. I'll point specifically to he made a field goal at the end of the first half against Georgia that was freaking awesome, and I think it off the top of my head was 52 yards with time expiring like it's no different at the end of the game. I, th- I think he proved right then and there that he's also the guy you can count on to make the kick at the end which is really big. So what a season. He made all the extra points, which is crazy to even mention. I only mention it because at Alabama we've missed some extra points here and there. But Reichard made every kick he attempted. Now, here, here's some bad news. You ready for this, guys? Because I know sometimes I'm the, uh, the turd in the punch bowl, you know, at the prom. And does that really happen? I know that's like a saying, but has that really happened? If that had ha- if that's happened at your prom or homecoming, please tweet because I think that's a saying that is like let's just hope that's really fictional. But I said, you know, anyway, my point is uh, I'm about to be the wet blanket here. Maybe I should have used that that cliche. Um, Will is going to miss this year. 
he is going to miss a kick. <laughs> it's going to happen at least once. Maybe he'll even miss an extra point. I don't know. I just know this. He's not going to go two straight seasons without missing a kick. I hope so. I hope so. I'll be pulling for him. He's capable, unless we stick him out there trying to make one from 72. He's capable of making all the kicks. He's proven that. But let's just be at least a little realistic and give the kid a a, a little bit of a break. As a matter of fact, I'm probably going to clap harder for him when he misses just, just in this one sense. It'll be an acknowledgement of the streak. Like, wow, dude, you made a bunch in a row. That was badass, and and you clap for that. Kind of like a pitcher that's got a no-hitter, and he gives up a hit in the seventh inning. What do you do? You stand up and clap for the effort. Like, wow, you went seven innings and didn't give up a hit against some big leaguers. So that's what I mean. When Will misses, it's time to clap. It's not time to go, oh, gosh, we're right back where we were. No, no, we're not. Will, Will Reichard is an outstanding place kicker. He's a good kid. Now, there's one thing for him to work on, and, and again, here, here I am being a, a wet blanket more than I, I intended to be when I started this, but uh, I don't, you know, we didn't have the kickoff job all last year, and I hope that's something that he sort of embraces and does going forward, because I would love to see Will uh, kicking in the NFL down the road, and in the NFL, there's 53-man rosters, and ideally, an NFL team wants to have one dude who kicks off and does the field goals because they got to burn multiple roster spots. They don't want to burn all those roster spots with specialists. So it is a big deal in terms of making an NFL roster if you can do it all. Now, it's not 100% necessary. I'm sure you guys can name some. Well, you know, the Titans have a kickoff guy and a field goal guy. Uh, Of course, it it has happened and it does happen. But if you want to do a favor to your NFL football team, you know, be a guy that can do both. And, and, and you got a better chance of making it in, in that league who shuffles through kickers, you know, like, like crazy. So, uh, so let's see Will improve in that area and become our regular kickoff guy. They're going to give him a better chance of being drafted, making an NFL team. So uh, Will Reichert, our best kicker since Lee Tiffin. Uh, and, and let's see if this fall he continues the assault on the Alabama record books and uh, – and makes a run at that Lou Groza award. Uh, he wasn't even, you know, didn't win last year despite not missing a kick. I think what really hurt him was the lack of attempts because our damn offense kept scoring touchdowns and ruining it for him. So uh, with a brand-new quarterback and a brand-new offense, he might get a few more attempts this year, and and, uh, and maybe he'll be bringing home some hardware. So thanks for listening to the Player Roster Countdown on Locked on Bama.